0: Hello, all of you wonderful people out there. Welcome to Black and White Reviews. My name is Will, and I am alone. There is no Lee with me right now, but that'll change in a second. Um, I said a couple of weeks ago that we were going to be rolling out some of our older episodes that are in our catalog. We have quite a few of them, actually, that never saw the light of day. Um, This week, we're going to be releasing Die Hard with a Vengeance. Um, this is one of those episodes where the audio, in my personal opinion, isn't up to snuff, but that might just be me nitpicking at it. You know, everybody hates the sound of their own voice, and this is one of those classic examples. I went back and I cleaned it up as best as I could. I hope it's good enough for everybody to kind of listen to and enjoy. With that being said, I'm just gonna get right into it, and um, take care of yourself and each other. Bye!
1: Summer in the city, back of my neck getting dirt and gritty. Bend down, isn't it a pity? Doesn't seem to be a shadow in the city. All around people looking half dead, or walking on the sidewalk, harder than a match here. Yeah. But at night it's different world. Go out and find a girl.
0: Come on, come on and dance all night. Despite the heat, it'll be alright and late. Don't you know it's a pity? The days can't be like the nights in the summer. In the city, in the summer.
1: Welcome to Black and White Commentaries. I'm Lee. I am Will. And uh, today we're actually going to uh, go back in the vault and talk about the 1990 f- 90, oh, nah 1995 film Die Hard with a Vengeance. This film was directed by John McTiernan and starred Bruce Willis, Samuel L. Jackson, and Jeremy Irons as the heavy hitters. Um, so this guy actually, uh, John McTiernan, he actually directed Predator 2, right?
0: Yeah, I know. I not saw not that Predator 2, I th- but... I saw that when I was taking my notes. And Mm. um, I saw that when I was doing my research for the movie. He did this. He also did the first Die Hard. Didn't do Die Hard 2. And I couldn't really find any information as to why. Hmm. Which is really weird.
1: Well, I mean, that's strange. I mean, it it just kind of. Happens a lot of times. We're like, okay, well, I, I think we can kind of go back to what these movies are about. So the first two Die Hard films. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here. I'm pretty sure this is what I read in the past. What they were basically Die Hard and Die Hard Two. The scripts were not called Die Hard. They were actually these scripts that were thrown away. And some rec- some you know uh, movie execs basically said, Hey, I bet you if we get the right producers, the right director here, um, we can turn di- these into some actual you know blockbuster hits. So they just found like these thrown away scripts and just mm-hmm. did this. So that's they did that with the first two. And what I think this is great about this movie is this movie is not one of those situations. You know, they basically saw the success of the first two films and said, you know what, let's actually write a diehard movie. And I think that's what makes this film have such a very different feel than the first two. Um, this is a you know, comedy where the
0: other two are more action-packed.
1: Right. You know, this way, there's, there's a lot more, you see a lot more of what's going on around him. So mm-hmm. one big
0: thing that I thought was really great,
1: um, you know, hold on. Oh, I just jumped right out of my own notes here. But um, yeah, I thought that basically this movie was definitely a standalone as opposed to, you know, the way that the other ones were. It's like, OK, yeah, you could watch it and then whatever. But this one, this one definitely felt like they it was written specifically for these these actors, <laughs> you know, I I don't think the the chemistry could have been any any better. Uh, it was amazing actors. Yeah. The
0: chemistry between Samuel L. Jackson and Bruce Willis in this movie is phenomenal, and oh, it, I it actually had I'm surprised they did not do more movies together. I'm even more surprised that Hollywood didn't demand them do more movies together because of how amazing this is. It, they're two incredible performances, and you wouldn't think that at first glance when you think of. When you think of Bruce Willis being this action-packed juggernaut that he was in 1995, and you think of Samuel L. Jackson being Samuel L. Jackson, they don't mesh when you first think about it. <clears throat> no. No, so they, I definitely, thought that,
1: they definitely wouldn't. Um, and I thought, I thought that's what brought it together really well. I mean, we've seen different duos come together, and you're like, I wouldn't expect it, but... And in a lot of cases the people that you least suspect working well together end up working really well together because yeah. you never thought of it it's something that's like totally different and I think you know for somebody like you and I at least and probably a lot of people who are listening you know um, is we we pay so much attention to it and for us to be um, shocked by a matchup working is what makes a movie more enjoyable for us you know we can go and see something and say okay yeah I kind of saw that coming but to go see a, a film and you're you're not really sure where it's going to go or how it's going to go and it ends up going really well it just makes it that much more fun at least for me you yeah, know no. if if i no. go into it it's just like okay we're going to have a we're going to have a goofy comedy starring adam sandler and jack black it's like <laughs> hmm, okay well that sounds like it would be a pretty goofy comedy i mean i'm not sure how their comedy would fit together but it would be pretty darn goofy um, right but i mean aside from all that um, Right off the bat, you know, we see some really cool things happening. I mean, the, the movie starts right off, you know, with a hot time, summer in the city, you know, and it's just showing New York and all this stuff is happening. The hustle and bustle and then
0: well, before, an explosion. Before, <laughs> before we even get into that, before we even get into the opening of this movie, mm. I just want to say that this is my introduction to Die Hard. This is the first Die Hard movie that I ever saw. Oh, okay. okay. I didn't see the first two until... Mm, maybe a couple of years after this movie, I didn't even okay. know that this was part of a, of a trilogy.
1: I had no idea <laughs> yeah.
0: going into it. None. And then when I went back and I watched the other two, I was shocked when I found out, wow, these are actually Christmas movies. How come number three wasn't a Christmas movie? <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't know. it's just one of those it's one of those weird things, but I think it I think it works as a non-Christmas movie. Yeah,
1: that's, uh, yeah, that's,
0: definitely. That, that's pretty much all I have to say about that. I just wanted to go back and touch <laughs> on it. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, for me, movie- I
1: can't tell you when I first saw it. I definitely... Um, I got I got into a lot of action films later on in life, um, I'd say. I mean, I, I bumped into movies like this all the time. I, my uncle would watch them. Um, this, like, the Lethal Weapon trilogy. For some reason, Die Hard and Lethal Weapon are kind of, like, in, in the same genre on my shelf. You know, I kind okay. of think of them together. Like, not that they're anything really like each other, but... I don't have a lot of, like, action cop films, and of the ones I have, like, those two kind of stand out as, like, my favorites, so they're both kind of in the same, you know, realm for me, um, but yeah, um, as it comes down, I mean, the movie starts right off with this whole hustle and bustle and explosion and then a bunch of cops on the phone, right, um, I thought that was pretty cool, um, right off the bat you see it they're not explaining anything nothing's leading up to it you don't see people on the phone talking to their wives or whatever it's literally people are walking around they're busy it's new york city and then boom it's awesome
0: it is awesome. <laughs> great way
1: to start a film and then we go it, immediately they're on the phone it's like chief get this and it's like there's simon right on the phone right into right. it you got right into that. it right away I love that. You don't see that very often.
0: There's no buildup, no backstory. It's straight to the point, straight to the action film. This knows it's an action film and it's not trying to pretend to be anything different, which is a a lot of action films kind of try to mix. Oh, we're going to put a little drama in this just to make it more intriguing. No, this is straight to the point, straight to action and... I, I don't want to get into other movies, but it's the reason why I loved Fury Road so much when that came out a couple of years ago. It was straight <laughs> to the point, which is lacking in a lot of action movies lately. A lot of action True. movies lately try to incorporate... They try to hit every genre. They try to hit everything. They want to they wanna please the mainstream. They want to please too many, too many types of audiences. And it doesn't always work. This, the way they opened up, works for me. And it was great. Oh, yeah. No problems at all. I have very little issues with this movie. It was great. And mm. it, was also, it was also really fun to go back and revisit it. And I'm very happy that you're the one who suggested it because I went back and for the first time in a long time, I just had fun with a movie. This is just something mm. mindless that I could just watch. And I laughed. I laughed yeah. so hard at certain <laughs> points. And oh, it was great. And we're getting up to a point where my first keel over laughing happened when John is, you know what? I said, you could drive and I'm going to let you go ahead.
1: <laughs> no, no, I, I want to hear what you had to say, actually.
0: We're getting up to the point where I have my first kill-over laughter moment, and mm-hmm. it's when they go and they pick up John because Simon says, John McClain is not on suspension today. Go get him. Mm-hmm. They go in, they yeah, get and him. And he's this he's hung totally over, hungover. <laughs> hungover, broken middle-aged man who just, I, I imagine the inside of this police fan stinks of his B.O. and mm-hmm. whatever he crawled out from under. And <laughs> It was, it wasn't, I don't know if this was meant to be funny, but it was funny. And Mm. it was, that was the first moment for me. That was when I first realized, now as an adult, it's when I first realized, okay, this is what type of movie this is going to be. This is, this is not going to be heavy, but this is just going to be ridiculous and perfect. Wonderful. Yeah.
1: I I thought that the, um, I mean to not go too far, but, I mean, as we're kind of going through it, but one thing I thought was really cool about it was, um, for most of the film, it actually, as it, it, you said, it was, gonna, it was like, it was going to be funny, but I, I really saw it as like, okay, they're going one direction. And then they started getting a little goofy, you know? I mean, nobody's jumped like hanging on top of a jet airplane and then jumping between two pieces of road, uh, <laughs> You know, I'm not going to say any names of any movie, live free or die hard, but, you know, like, (laughs) you know, there's definitely a few parts in this movie that kind of stand out, which I'll get to in a little bit, but anyway, um... Yeah, I, I think, so we see hungover John McClane basically set out for a mission. I love that they don't tell you what the mission is until you finally get to the point. It's like, oh yeah, we're <laughs> dropping him off in Harlem. Okay, interesting. Okay, they're making him take off his clothes. Where are they going with this? Okay, and then he goes out there, and he, all you see is, like, people's reactions. Like, he's walking down the street, and his face, when he walks by that old, that, <laughs> that old African-American woman, he walks past <laughs> her, and she looks at him, and she's like, what is wrong with him? And then... And then you've got the greatest thing. It's just these kids. (laughs) So it cuts over, shows Samuel L. Jackson basically looking like, you know, hold on to your butts Jurassic Park style Sam Jackson with a little bit of Malcolm X going on. And then the attitude. Who do we don't want to help? Who do we not want us to help (laughs) or want to help us? White people. White people. It's like, (laughs) Okay alright, that's who Samuel Jackson is in this film. I got it. But then they're like, hey, there's a white man outside. Yeah, I've already seen one. Not like this. Yeah, it, <laughs> and that's when you finally see the reveal. He's standing out there with a the sign that says something pretty bad, something you shouldn't say <laughs> when you're standing in the middle of Harlem. We're not so, going to repeat um, it here,
0: but it's a sign that no. says I hate expletive and just fill yeah. in the gap. <laughs> yeah, He's standing yeah. in the middle of Harlem. It, Go watch the movie you figure it out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if you haven't Wha- seen this movie... Then you probably shouldn't be listening to this podcast. What, <laughs> so,
0: watching this, watching this opening sequence when he's <laughs> on the street, <laughs> <laughs> I'm shocked that he made it as far as he did.
1: Yeah, I'm surprised these guys didn't see that, him sooner. That,
0: I'm not just the guys, not just not just the guys who are on the stoop chilling out, just listening to music. I'm talking about just walking up that little. Strip a road. There are people dropping by. I imagine there are people on the other side of the street walking by. How, how is this like? No one has anything to say. I think, I, uh, I'm. Nitpicking. He didn't walk
1: very far, but he didn't. Wa-
0: he didn't make it very far, but still, it's Harlem. Come on, man. This is.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't know what else is going on, but okay. <laughs> There's a lot um, going on. There's a lot going on right now. So. Um, so we've got that. He goes ahead, saves him. Okay, whatever. Um, we know how this scene kind of turns out. They all, they hop in the car and they drive off. All right, no big deal. Um, then uh, into the cab actually and the cab driver's like trying to hand him money he's like I don't want your money gets in there and, and he keeps on he's like "He's like, hey just chill out chill out don't talk to me chill out what do you think <laughs> like, he's just and and it's great because I mean the whole thing is like he's he is racist and John McClane actually calls him out on it he goes you're the one who's being racist I've said nothing about your race this entire time <laughs> like, like what are you going to call me you were going to call me this no I was going to call you an a-hole okay. you know and it's, it's, it's just the chemistry is great because you've got this guy Who, right off the bat, like he's got this exterior, you know, um, Zeus here, Uh, he's got this exterior where he's just like against anything. But the only reason why he saved him is because he didn't want cops to show up in Harlem and start taking people out. That was his excuse that he brought up,
0: which Which is very valid point. Which, for you know, 1995, that's a really big concern, especially in Harlem.
1: Oh, yeah, and then there's a whole, yeah, he even brings up the whole Rodney King thing in L.A. when he's just like, what did you do in L.A.? Let me guess, Rodney King.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Really funny. I I (coughs) I love how he introduces his name. Because well, that's John what was McClain, say, yeah. he thinks he thinks his name is Zeus. His name is not Zeus. It's Zeus. It's, Zeus. Yeah. Yeah. The Zeus. guy said,
1: hey, Zeus. And I'm like, wait a second. We've heard this before. This was also in Robin Hood, Men in Tights. I said, did you say Abe Lincoln? No. I said, hey, Blinken. You know, it's just, it's for some reason, the whole hey, hey, Blinken and hey, Zeus just makes me laugh because that's all I think of every single time is, is you know, is oh, Robin Hood. But anyway, so. But we, this is. We,
0: i, I, I I wanna stay on this for a second because it's my favorite Sam Jackson line and I forgot that it was my favorite Sam Jackson line. <laughs> yeah. My yeah. name is Zeus. Zeus. Yeah. Uh <laughs> father of Apollo, Mount Olympus. Don't bleep with me or I'll shove a lightning bolt up your ass. Zeus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's,
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, you get a problem with that? Yeah, no. It was it was really good. Um that was I, hilarious. I laughed it at that. I laughed at it really hard. And it's it's always it's one of the most um For me, one of the most quoted lines in that entire movie, that or if I, like, I found myself for a long time, actually, my wife and I both did this years ago Um, after we watched it together. um, We were just, if we were just, like, doing things and walking around, like, taking a walk around the, the, you know, like, the neighborhood or whatever, we'd start Mm. whistling the ant go marching in. And... (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I mean, just to touch upon that, I know that's not until later on in the film, but, like... What's with this? What's with the ants go marching in? Where? What is the relevance there? Is there something I'm missing? Like some kind of symbolism there, or uh,
0: <laughs> like did did you catch anything on it? See, I don't see. What are you calling it? The the ants go marching in.
1: Da, 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 da,
0: da, yeah, da, 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 da. yeah. Johnny, I hardly knew you. Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> I mean that's a okay. that's a pretty, you know, old Irish war wartime song.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: So I kinda I, I picked up on that.
1: Okay. Well then it's beyond me. I didn't know that. I just I just thought it was funny because I it was just, I just thought it since it's such a like it's used for a children's song, I was like, why is this here? I'm like, I'm okay <laughs> it with really? it. it sounds very military sounding, but hmm? Is it really used for a children's song? The ants go marching one by one, hurrah, hurrah! Really, yeah, it's yeah,
0: yeah. Wow, and it's kind of dark. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, I mean, look at look at all the nursery rhymes the kids sing and talk about. You know, ashes, ashes, we all bow down, bald,
0: yeah. fall down.
1: It's like, okay, well, yeah. all right, rockabye baby on the treetop, <laughs> yeah. when the bell breaks. You know, basically, the the kids falling out of the tree, London Bridge is falling down. It's and the kids sing it, they don't realize they're just basically singing about death. Anyway, moving on. So, so I, get I like th- this, you get, you get a lot of these different um, characters that are um, introduced throughout, um, and you know, some of them are side characters, some of them are, are you know, obviously right off the bat you kind of get all the big ones, except you don't see Simon until later on. Um, mm. But one character I thought was really great, and uh, for some reason I always love when they have this character in movies, because it's, it's, it's kind of a cliche for action films, especially if they have some comedy in there, the nerdy bomb guy. Yeah. Or the ner- the nerdy science guy. And he's yeah. in but the but they're always so excited about it. They did it in Independence Day too. Remember Brent Spiner there, data from Star Trek was in it, and he was like, This is really cool. Let's check out these aliens. Oh, they're really slimy. You know, like he's just so giddy about it. And it's then you've really, got this guy. It's really,
0: really <laughs> stinky. Yeah. <laughs>
1: You've got this. So you got this guy who's introduced to you, the nerdy bomb guy talking about um, you know what this might be, what that might be, and everything. And then later on, he starts pulling out the whole epoxy thing and throwing it at a chair leg, and the chair goes flying, freaking people out. And he just sits there and giggles about it. I just I thought like as as you know as goofy as that character was i liked having him in there because it brought it did bring a real sense like usually people who are in that position are kind of quirky characters in you know in real life if they spend that much time just studying all this stuff they usually have you know an interesting character so i like that they I, i like when they do that and i thought it was great that he was put in there um let me think uh, another big thing, so I just, I, I wrote a couple of things down that I, I thought were really interesting and in how it all kind of starts, you know, um, one thing I thought was was interesting was right off the bat, uh, well actually let me, let me say this kind of all general, uh, you watch the movie and this movie's different than the other two, which we've already established, it's also different than a lot of other action films. Usually in most action films you know what's going on, you know what the motive is here, but in this movie it kept on switching it was almost like watching a Shyamalan film
0: there is a um, lot of misdirection going on in this movie tons. and you don't find you don't find out what's really going on until the very end and it the is the very 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 end but the, but even even
1: throughout you keep thinking you go oh i got it now oh i got it now and you know you think it's done but not many films in this genre like this you know that are that are like this at all do that you know, they they might throw you off a little bit in the beginning, and it's kind of like, ooh, detective work, let's find it out. But in this mm-hmm. one, it just kept on switching. Like, wh- okay, who's backstabbing who? You know, what is he really going for? So with that, I thought the stuttering was really cool. You know, so, and then, you know, sure enough, they're on the phone call, and there he is stuttering. John picks up on it and just makes fun of his stutter. It goes all, you know, ha- uh, Billy Madison on him. It's like, to today, Junior, you know? And it just rips on him. And it's so funny because... John and everybody thinks that he's got the one up, you know, Oh, this guy is clearly intimidated. You know, something's going on here. It's like, no, no, he's not, <laughs> not no, at all. not at all. You know, he's really got it all together. And you don't find that out until later on in the movie where he's just like, you know, the g- 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 gullibility of the New York police department. It's like, ah, oh, that's so cool. You know, he just basically, he just laughs about it. Like, yeah, I did that just to mess with them. And it was pretty hilarious because they probably still think, you know, something's wrong with me, you know, um, I thought that was cool.
0: I think it's um, cool that this is this is an action film where we don't have the stupid villain. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. This guy, this guy is really smart, and he has the New York Police Department's number. Oh, oh, hand oh yeah, fist. It's amazing. Oh yeah, I love. Not
1: it. even just the New York Police Department, but he's got the FBI. You know, when he calls that guy out, he's like still trying to butch up by chewing on your glasses. You know, like. <laughs> it was just, it was so like, and then the guy sitting there chewing on his glasses gets upset and puts his glasses back on, and it's funny because the first time you see this guy, you're like, why is he sucking on his glasses? <laughs> like it's So weird. then, he, so then, you know, sure enough, you've got you've got Simon here calling him out on it, and you're like, I was just saying the same thing. What's up with that? You know, it's so it, it's almost a wall break in that sense where it was like. You're watching it saying, What's up with this guy? And then mm. he calls him out on it. So I did like that. Um, I mean, there's so many things about this movie that watching it again now and like really trying to be like, All right, where, you know, how many great things have happened? And it's like, Wow, you know, there really are a lot of really cool elements to this film, more than I remember from watching it in the past. Um,
0: I also definitely that um, we have a villain that tried, he tried to make the police department believe that he was smarter than he actually was by incorporating these little nonsensical rhymes. Oh, so yeah. So when... <laughs> when Zeus and John are in the police department and he's on the phone and Simon is on the phone with the um, the lead detective, uh, uh-huh. their sergeant... Ah, mm. uh, where are my pigeons? I had two pigeons, Bright and Glade, flew for me the other day. Wherever they did they, they go, you cannot tell, you do not know. And it's just like, what, what, what? <laughs> 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 it's like, why are you reciting this, 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 this rhyme? What is going on? What are you trying to do? And even... I remember back when I first watched this movie, and I picked up on that. And I was like, "What does it all mean? What is it going on?" And <laughs> yeah. I was watching this like it was a mystery movie. And <laughs> I it, know, because <laughs> that, that's that's that's
1: basically how they put it up. And that and again, that's what makes this stand out from the other two films. You know, you've got like this lone you know lone gunman guy running around through like ducts and airports and this place and that place. And then in here, you've got he's got a team, and you actually see like his entire team, the whole police department on his side, working with him it right. really kind of brings him out of the element that we're used to seeing him and it's like ooh how's he going to thrive in this element and he did and it goes really back to you know the chemistry between him and, and Sam Jackson well, so in this
0: movie he's actually on duty and the other two movies he was on vacation and it's just you know things right. just kind of happened <laughs> yeah so
1: I like that we get to see this other side of his life which is him you know on duty um right. so a bunch of really cool things happened. I mean, this guy Simon Gruber here, or I mean, would they say Peter Creed or Peter Krieg or something like that? Then you find was, out later he, his on. His
0: name is his name is Peter Krieg. He was born yeah. Simon, Peter Simon Peter Gruber. Gruber. Yeah,
1: and then, it's, then then it cuts to Hans falling off the building. You know, oh very like in case you forgot, <laughs> that was him. You know, little. Uh, the are name you Gruber ready, Mister Potter? You?
0: <laughs> What's that? The name Gruber mean anything to you? yeah which I mean I liked it I liked that scene one little thing was okay so they show the flashback of Hans falling off the building but then mm. they have the guy with the glasses in the back going that thing in la that that thing mm. in the building in LA and yeah. I'm like why do you have to say whatever I don't care
1: <laughs> yeah I like they never really explain why that guy's just sitting back there being all creepy but whatever
0: I think they only I think they only show him because it's. They they want you to remember who he is for later on in mm-hmm. the elevator where John is looking at the guy with the badge and it's his badge.
1: Oh yeah, him that guy. So
0: that's, well, that's no that, why that was
1: well, that was the other guy. Yeah, no, I, I know the same person. About. No, no, I was I was I thought you were talking about the old guy in the back with the sunglasses.
0: No, not him, yeah. not him. No,
1: yeah, I remember that whole conversation. You know, the six nine nine one lucky number, yeah. always a lucky number. then he sees it yeah. later on. Yeah, really well done. Him.
0: And they did they did a really good job with that. I liked how they did that.
1: Oh, yeah. You know, he sees it in the reflection and right off the bat, he goes, wait, I know that badge number. Um, yeah. There were a couple of points in the film where I was kind of like, how does he know that everybody around him is a bad guy? <laughs> like, um, you know, later on, he runs down there and he, and he runs up to a truck, puts on the hard hat and then says, hey, guys, I got a question for you. And he just shoots him. It's like, what if that was just some other guys in a truck and he just killed him? You know, how does he know that's definitely the bad guys? I think but- um, I
0: think I think he was following the dump trucks. He was. But you don't so know So he So he, 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 find, he finds the dump trucks down on the water dock, and you just, I mean, action movie standard. They're right, around. the, the guy th-
1: said th- nobody should have been down there. I get it. Yeah, exactly. It still just makes me think, I'm like, huh, he, he just did a lot of killing here, and wasn't wasn't 100% sure that he was killing the right people. But uh, we know he did, but he didn't. Of course he, he did. <laughs> anyway. Um, okay. So I thought... Um, there were a lot of really cool things in here that you don't see, you don't see in a lot of these action films. Again, it this what makes this movie so interesting to me is because it stands alone from other action films, where you know you'll find some detective work, you'll find you know I, again I, I always compare things like back to like *Lethal Weapon* as far as like cop movie goes, cop action, and you know you've got. You know, the the saxophone's playing, and this happens, like, it looks like we found this, and then we have to go over here, and oh, it looks like my daughter's got a crush on you, uh, you know, whatever, and then we move on. What makes this movie so much more interesting is they don't have all that stuff getting in the way, making it kind of goofy and corny, but you've got John McClane, you know, this main character, who's running around and he's actually pretty smart, smarter than you'd expect. He's not all shoot him up, bang, bang. He's got, he's actually has a brain. So at one part, yeah. when they're trying to get over to whatever side of town to get over there early so they can disarm the bomb that was on the train, he's like, oh yeah, so we're going to go this way. And he's like, which way are we going to go? He's like, oh, uh, the park. And he goes, okay. And he goes, he's like, the parkway is closed. And I'm like, I didn't say we're going to the parkway. And he goes through <laughs> the park. <laughs> so he's flying through the park. and
0: He's not just flying through the park. So let's go through this. Let's let's uh-huh. go through some of the things that he does leading up to him flying through the park. Mm-hmm. He steals a cab. He makes yep. a phony nine one one call so That's he can call an ambulance. Say. Exactly. And then he drives, literally drives through a park, almost yes. hitting we don't know how many people. All I will add with a really bad headache and a really bad hangover. Oh yeah. I, I tip my hat <laughs> to this man. Oh, <laughs> to, yeah. to be able to, to be able to do all that with a hangover like that, and I've been of that course. hungover. Props. Glove, <laughs> yeah. glove clap. Glove clap, Mr. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. we we'll do some golf job.
1: claps. Golf claps. All right. But, no, seriously, I mean, so that's what I was getting at, was the dispatching the ambulance. So he tries to call, and he's just like, officers down over on the corner of such and such. And it's like, okay, why? And then he follows the cab, and it's like, that's a really good way to do it. It made sense. That's he got smart. exactly where he needed to get. And you don't, again, you don't see too many cops thinking, you know, just like, oh, I can do this, it'll work. I can do this, it'll work, you know, and, and doing it. And it worked. So... I mean, we'll get to how I was thinking. Like, I think it kind of de-evolved. You know, the smarts here. You know, we see some really cool things, but then we have some dumb moments later on. Um, Okay. So, one of the thing he's driving, or he's he gets out, gets onto the the um, train, and then you've got Samuel Jackson. He's in the cab by himself. He gets stuck stuck on some street, and this guy is like, "Take me to 112 Wall Street." And he goes, oh, you don't understand. I'm not a cab. And he goes, your light is on. Um, I got in. You need to take me to 112 Wall Street. What's the matter? You don't like white people? <laughs> he makes this comment. He goes, 112 Wall Street, huh? <laughs> and he just takes off. They, I don't, know, I don't know if there's a deleted scene or an extended scene there, but they left that without capitalizing on that whole situation. You I don't know? think they had to. I, I think, think they, they I to. think they should have like I want to I want to see that guy like totally like you know poop his pants. Well,
0: you know I mean, it movie, didn't have to mo- be
1: it didn't have to be over the top st- silly and stupid but like she- if he just like when they stop he throws up out the window or something like that <laughs> you know that would have made some sense you know he just kind of gets
0: out and he's woozy. Oh, I thought you meant um you wanted to delete the scene of the cab ride.
1: No, no, no. I I just wanted to see, I wanted to see at the very end, all you see is Samuel Jackson get out and the guy's holding his briefcase tight and that's it. I'm like, they could have gone a little bit further to this guy's, they could have gone a little bit further to show his terror, you know, how terrified he was. I thought that it was like, just because Samuel Jackson's like, fine, you want to be a jerk? (laughs) Then here you go. I wanted to see that guy get what was coming to him. You know, we didn't see that. We, We saw him a little afraid. That's all we got to see. I know I he was terrified, say, but they didn't really show. I would really say he's more than it. a
0: little afraid, man. He was terrified. He did not know what to do.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think they they could have showed a little bit more. That's that's oh, my you opinion. you wanted to see
0: you wanted to see a little bit more. I understand why they would cut it there and why they really wouldn't show anything else. I mean, up until it, this point, Zeus, it, his persona is that of he's trying to make himself he's trying to pull himself off as a badass but he's not a mm-hmm. badass and to show oh, anything yeah. else would be kind of a betrayal to the character so i like that they kind of ended there like okay yeah. he drives a little nuts i'm glad that they didn't show that i'm glad that they didn't show anything like that you wanted to see so did you want to see this guy just hurl like oh, oh he opens the door and stumbles out and throws up all over the side of the road like
1: that's yeah just something it didn't have to be much longer just something to show that this guy was was mortified That's all I think needed to be there. You know, it was a great setup to what could have been, you know, really funny. They could have seen Mm -hmm. him in the car, you know, getting like knocked back and forth. And then he just says like, oh, you all right back there? You know, just something stupid and simple like, you know, oh, yeah, I'm just doing my job, you know, whatever, just to mess with this guy. I thought it should have it should have been there, you know, just so he kind of gets his revenge for the way he was talking to him. So we didn't see him get his revenge there. And it made me a little annoyed. But anyway, okay. Um, that was just one little part there. Um, shaky cop at the payphone. That was interesting. <laughs> he's down there. Put him up. Put him up. And this cop is shaking. Like it's it's the first time he's ever held his gun. And it's just really funny. He's like, I got to answer this phone now. I got to answer this phone. <laughs> I'm going to answer this phone. And I, that cop I, I wasn't I going to shoot anybody. That no, cop wasn't going to no, shoot anybody. <laughs> he wasn't. But again, I think there's a lot of times where they set some things up. And they didn't actually like complete the story there. I mean, it had to be, it's something tiny, small, like, you know, he could have made a, a comment about how he's a newbie or, you know, they could have done something else to kind of get that point across, you know, or to do something with it. Like why, why show it just because he's not going to shoot him if he grabs the phone. Okay. I want to go,
0: I want to go, I want to go back uh, a little ways. Cause you skipped over something that I wanted to say. There's a joke in this movie there's actually a couple of jokes in this movie and a couple of things in this movie that there's no way there's absolutely no way they would be able to get made today. So before hmm. they even get to the train station, before they even on their way to the train station, Simon says mm-hmm. they have to go to a payphone and they make mm-hmm. it to said payphone and then Simon's like, "Why didn't you answer the phone when I called? What do you want? It's a public street." But blah, 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 blah. you could simply say there was a fat woman on it and it took you a minute to get her off. Exactly. No way that joke happens today.
1: Oh, I know. There's oh, I know
0: absolutely. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that that's that's again. That goes back to another like one of one of my favorite quotes from this film. Like Julian and I used to laugh about it all the time. <laughs> when we think about it, it's like this: a fat woman <laughs> took her moment to get her <laughs> off. Like, yeah, that's really funny. You know, but that's just, Joker- that's just that's just the way he's proving that you know obviously he knows exactly what was happening there, and that was a, a sign that like okay he's he's clearly got his eye everywhere watching me right and which i I mean i thought it was really like well duh but he's just standing on on top of a building yeah people people couldn't find him there it's not like it was he was being super sneaky like every other movie where it's like where's this guy he's just standing there on the roof with binoculars anybody could do that
0: that's the point he's hiding in plain sight which is i mean it's what some of the best villains do they hide in plain sight and i don't want to get into a whole thing i mean but look at breaking bad he hid mm-hmm. in plain sight, so I, oh, yeah. I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. It's great.
1: Was that the only thing you had about wouldn't be wouldn't be made today, or
0: well, it wouldn't be made today because of the joke and because of you know the, the p c culture that we're in today. I mean the nineties everything flew everything mm-hmm. flew. It didn't matter. make fun of everybody. we don't care. throw it out there, and it's just you know. One of those things that annoys me about movies today is you would never see a joke like this. It's funny. Mm. And I think oh, it's yeah. funny. And I know somebody out there might, well, you're insensitive. <laughs> no, I'm just a 90s kid and this is what I grew up with. And that's, it's, I don't know, just just a little, eh.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I get it. I get it. I mean, there's so okay. many movies that we've watched that have come out since we've been alive that are just not appropriate. You know, nowadays, I mean, oh, I mean, right. they, they they were they had their own humor, and it was like, okay, that's acceptable back then. But I mean, right. even ten, 10 years ago, so many more things were acceptable than they are now. I feel like every day there's there's like seventy more things that people are offended by, and it's like, come on, yeah, and they keep putting up there like our p- uh, millennials are rewatching Seinfeld, and they're saying it's completely inappropriate and insensitive. It's like, it's Seinfeld. I uh, kind just of I on. kind I kind of understand why people are upset about Seinfeld. Uh, okay, I get it too, because all they're doing is is talking about people's shortcomings. You know, well, you've got they're not just talking
0: yeah. about people's shortcomings, but it's 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 it's
1: man hands, low it's talker. It's
0: very it's very soup Nazi. <laughs> it's ve- exactly. Soup Nazi nails it. It's very Jewish humor. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can understand millennial Jewish people being offended by that show. Mm-hmm. I can get it. So that that I kind of understand to a point, but you know, the '90s were just a different time. That's oh, yeah. all I wanted to say. Just the '90s yeah, were a different time, different, yeah. and there was everything was acceptable, and it was ridiculous, and yep. it was great. So, <laughs> and we're
1: talking you know. about a '90s movie, so that makes total sense. Exactly. So, um, a few other things, you know, that I thought were really great about. Um, Simon here is, like, just all together, I mean, we talked about the nursery rhymes, he was just so playful about it, you know, he Mm -hmm. was having, he he was, I mean, lack of a better term, playful, I mean, it's just, he was doing these nursery rhymes things, and it was all just to have people running around in circles, and I thought that was great, that at one point, you know, he's like, you need to go to the, uh, you know, the baseball stadium there, and... It's like he's not going there. He's like, "What? Oh, great!" And all that time we spent setting that up, all they did was have a, a have a, a guy with binoculars, a sniper, and like a, a toy baseball diamond thing sitting on a chair. That said "Game over." Okay, like it, they it was it was perfect. I like how I, I love the the reveals of John like recognizing. Wait a second all the schools are far away from wall street and what's in wall street, a bunch of banks. Okay. Now we're like getting to the point there. And it's like, he wants all the gold. Then he starts going back into like a, um, you know, Heath Ledger Joker thing where it's like, I want to burn all the gold. And it's like, well, is he going to burn the gold? No, he doesn't want to burn the gold.
0: (laughs) So this goes, this goes, this goes into one problem and it's the only big issue that I have with, um, with this movie. And it's one small little plot hole. So at the beginning of the film, when John is in the back of the police van and they're going to where Simon says he must go, they're going over a sheet of crimes that have been committed that need to be passed off to other detectives. And they say, well, 14 great big dump trucks were stolen. Mm -hmm. Now (laughs) we're at the scene after the train explosion where the cops have this entire area quarantined off Mm -hmm. and a whole bunch of dump trucks just roll through this area. Mm hmm. And no red flags raised. Nobody nope. looks at this and says anything. <laughs> it's just like, okay.
1: Nope. They all thought it was irrelevant, and they didn't even bother paying attention to it. They're like, oh, we I... have this bigger thing to to deal with. But they, were, they didn't I... know what this was about. They had no idea that this was a heist. I get
0: that everybody thought it was irrelevant. It's just one of those little things. It's like, how does this not raise any suspicions? You mm-hmm. just had this massive explosion, and a couple of days ago, 14 dump trucks were stolen, and up. Oh, Explosion happens. Here come the dump trucks. Mm-hmm. We're not gonna do anything about it, though. This is this has nothing to do. The, yeah. they're completely yeah. unrelated. It's, yeah, that's that 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 one scene. Um, much like you wanted more from Samuel L. Jackson and and scaring the hell out of that white guy, you wanted yeah. a little bit more. This I kind of wanted a little bit more. Like, come on, raise an alarm bell. F- figure this out. I mean, John and a half drunken half hungover state is able to figure out 14 great big dump trucks. Wait a minute. He's able to figure this out by himself. You have an army of cops in one little small area of New York and nothing. Mm. It, it,
1: it, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you can't win them all. <laughs> no, you can't. Okay. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of really cool parts. I thought when they got in there and he's just... I mean, there's the the whole holy Toledo. <laughs> Somebody had fun, you know. Somebody like, had fun. Like it's just it's so <laughs> it, it's it's funny to me because let let's go back to what it really is. Jeremy Irons, as far as I know, um, has a British accent. That's just I mean, mm-hmm. like a you know that's that's Jeremy Irons. So then right. in this movie he's doing a German accent, and then <laughs> he's doing a German accent trying to sound like an american accent. So he's got like a multi-layered accent going on and honestly, it actually kind of worked.
0: It works. It works. It was for me. it
1: was amazing to, you know, if that that as an actor he was able to switch and then switch on top of the switch. You know, it's almost like inception where you go in a dream within a dream. That's what he was doing with this. He was in the dr- right. he was in the voice within the voice. And I just thought that was really incredible. But, I mean, the line, holy Toledo, (laughs) just sounded so ridiculous to me. (laughs) Um, You know, and then you also have the other cop who, uh, when john's going to investigate and he sends um Zeus over to go drop the bo- no bring the bomb over to the cops and they're like oh he's coming and he's like hey sir how are you doing today like oh <laughs> 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 like he, <laughs> it's like he, they go into like Ben Stiller and Happy Gilmore there it's like my that's a tremendous looking trophy you know <laughs> just like a, so a when total 180 on his voice it gets all high and he sounds weird you know unlike you know <laughs> just you go so- over to like some other Before- per- like Christian Bale, his voice gets deeper when he t- puts on an American accent. These guys right. get higher, like, "Oh hi, how are you? Oh, we're yeah. in, Canada, in Canada, eh?"
0: Like. <laughs> so I'm cur- I'm 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 curious. When did you first see this movie?
1: Uh, I can't tell you. Years ago. Okay. I mean, be- well,
0: when you first saw the movie, so because you just brought it up, you brought up the bomb that Zeus brings to the cops. Yeah. Did you figure out the water jug riddle?
1: You know. Every time I watch it, because I did, I, I say I'm gonna have to figure this out someday. And the way they did it, they didn't show it or explain it well enough. So it made I'm still... no sense
0: because they magically come up with two gallons.
1: Exactly, it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense to me.
0: So okay, so I'm gonna explain it. Maybe nobody else cares, but I care because I'm just I'm so
1: bad at math that it it hurt my head trying to watch it again. This is
0: this when I first watched this. This was like the big thing for me. Like I have to figure out the gallons. I have to figure out the water jug scene. So they have two gallon jugs. They have a three gallon or five gallon, right? And they have to figure out how to get four gallons. And I figured this out, and I was I, I, I blew myself away when I figured this out, because like you, I'm really bad at math. I'm not that great. So you take that three-gallon jug and you fill it up with water, and you pour that three gallons into the five-gallon jug. Then you take the three-gallon jug again, fill it up with water, and you can only fit one more gallon and two more gallons in the five-gallon jug, leaving you y- with one gallon in the three-gallon jug. My you eyes just the,
1: crossed, but yeah, continue.
0: You dump out the you dump out the five gallons. You take the one gallon in the three-gallon jug and put it in the five gallons. Fill up the three-gallon jug one more time, giving you four gallons of water in the five-gallon jug. Okay. <laughs> do, you, do you really not get it?
1: No, I, I get it.
0: It's just... Okay.
1: <laughs> I, I get it. They didn't show it. They didn't show it in the movie. Like they didn't I get what show they're it. saying, they they, didn't and they kind of the cut solution. through it. They they bypassed it. I kind of wish they would have because hey, they could have been teaching kids some you know some math riddle right there. But instead, I, they bypassed it and just said, "Oh look, they they came up with it somehow." All right, kinda, moving on. Kind of dope. Kids are
0: going to be watching this trying to learn math riddles, dude. <laughs> hey, <laughs> when you and I watched it, we were kids. So you know I what? mean. It's, Again, a, it's an opportunity for education. This was, <laughs> this was the 90s, and it was a completely different time where children under the age of 10, it was completely acceptable for them to watch rated R movies.
1: Dude, nowadays it's even worse. Don't, don't think it's any different. Kids, the stuff that kids are exposed to nowadays. I mean, never mind the fact that the rating system has all changed. You watch a PG-13 movie now, it's as bad as the R movies were back in the 90s. I mean, not all of them, but... I, I mean, some, I some of the lower key R's, it's basically a PG-13 today. No, you're right. So, I mean, the stuff that's in there and even just like the stuff in music, um, it's it's a lot less um, innuendo nowadays, the stuff that comes out there. And it's it's sad because that's what we're exposing the children to. I mean, I'm a father of two daughters. You know, I've got, I've got two little girls. And the more I pay attention to some of the stuff out there, I'm like, whoa, you know, our stuff was bad, but this stuff is even worse, you know. And, you know, I, I think back to who I was and as a kid and the things that I learned and I go, oh, man, <laughs> I I, I kind of hope, like, not that I want to shelter them, but I hope that things change by the time <laughs> they're in school, if for the better. They won't, but no, I, I, I just kind of wish they would. But that's just, you know, no. it's wishful thinking. It's what happens when you become a dad.
0: No, I get what you're saying. And maybe but, I feel
1: differently because I don't have any
0: kids. Um, yeah, you'll get I there someday. I, you'll I, understand. I, I absolutely think that we had it worse when we were kids we were exposed to more harsh realities than kids today are and i think movies and television and music played a big part into that you don't see this kind of action packed blood fest of a film where a guy is running around killing a whole bunch of people at whim like this made today no you definitely you don't um that's what I mean. Well, I mean. That's
1: what I mean they're d- they're doing a new Rambo film now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I mean, maybe we could talk about Rambo sometime. I haven't seen
0: that movie in a long time, but um, I've never I mean, I've never I've never seen any of the Rambo movies.
1: Interesting. Well, I have just been. so you kind of get the gist of what it is, Rambo is a military veteran who comes back home, and they treat him like dirt. And something uh-huh. happens with it trying to kick him out, and he just kind of goes on this like PTSD rampage, <laughs> shooting up, shooting up the town. <laughs> and that's that's first blood. Wow. <laughs> it's like they drew first blood. Actually, it's it's really interesting because if you watch the movie, his voice is normal. He's just like, "Hey, I'm looking for so and so," and you're like, "That's that's Stallone." What? Like he's just talking normal. And as the movies progressed, he got more and more rocky sounding. And he's just like, mm. hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and fight a war. <laughs> so, <laughs> whatever. Anyway, uh, so back to that. I mean, we got the, the fake cops, the fake cops with the German accent, really funny. I just, I, it wasn't even played up to be a funny thing, but I couldn't stop laughing because I, I just think it's really funny to hear that switch in a voice, you know, to see an actor go like again, you know, Inception, you know, a dream within a dream type thing. But right. anyway, we go inside and you got Jeremy Irons there talking to like the. The manager of the federal reserve and he goes and he tells him this whole thing it's like oh when this explosion happened it set this off you to take everything down it's like heavens to betsy if anyone knew you know and that's all he gets out before as he's saying it you look in the back and like all of his all of his employees and guards are being like choked out and taken down and that's when he realizes oh
0: <laughs> i basically just let the bad guys right in <laughs> it, makes um, it, it makes you wonder it makes you wonder I wonder if Simon knew about the security flaws in this bank before he even thought about this heist.
1: Oh, he did. That's exactly why he did it the way he did. Okay. Well, I missed that. Oh, yeah. No, no, he knew that. Like the whole thing was planned. Oh, wow. I don't think, I don't, I'm not wondering that at all. I mean, that's exactly why he did it the way he did it. And the guy was basically reiterating the point. That's why he blew up the train. He did that purposely Mm. to mess this whole thing up. It's all together. Okay. That train was going to blow up regardless. Plan, Remember I that know, was a the whole point. Was he even said that.
0: But I always, I always watch that as this is just yet another distraction. So that no, when you set I, up, was, so that when all, you set up, when you set up the threat, when you set up the threat of the school, it's more believable. Mm. That's that's what I thought.
1: Yeah. No, I, I can see where you're where you're going from. But the thing is, like, he was definitely a really smart bad guy. And oh yeah. Some things were distractions, and some some things were, you know were totally connected. So I thought it was it was really well put together. He knew exactly when things were going to blow up, where they were going to blow up, how they were going to blow up, and what it was going to affect. So, you know, I thought it was really awesome. Um, okay. So then, you know, we see a bunch of other things happening here. Um, okay. So I thought, let let's talk about... I mean, there's the whole thing with the schools, and of course, we're gonna find out that Samuel Jackson's kids are going to that school. Okay, so Zeus is what? what is, are those his, his nephews? Not his kids, I right? I think
0: that I think that I think they're just two kids from the neighborhood. Oh, okay. I, I don't I, think I, hit, I, I don't think there's sense. any relation there I don't think there's any relation there at all. They're just two kids from the neighborhood. I think the fact that they go to that school is just a coincidence.
1: Mm. Okay. All right. So I was just being racist <laughs> making the assumption. Yeah, maybe maybe okay. a little bit. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> um, so anyway, you know not all black people look like Lee. <laughs> I'm just saying. No, no they don't. Thank you. Um, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, you've got a you got a red goatee, so <laughs> It's multicolored yeah you know. whatever by the way, for those of you who don't know what black and white productions <laughs> black, <laughs> black and white commentary is all about can, can you guess why at this point uh, um, yeah. <laughs> anyway um, so <laughs> so at one point they get into another car they steal this little you know old school Honda Civic or whatever it is and they get and I love like,
0: that he's trying to bring the gold bar with him. oh yeah.
1: Yeah, he gets I the gold love bar. that
0: he's like, I love that you put, put, put that down. They're not going to let you keep it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. So, so
1: we got, it, they, they get into the car and right off the bat, he's, he basically is like, Oh, can you hotwire this thing? <laughs> so, you know, right there, there's the joke. You know, I'm laughing. This, I'm like, Oh, he's probably assuming he can hotwire. It's like, why? Cause I'm an this, electrician.
0: Oh my God. There's no way he knew he was an electrician at this point. No, they, they, and that's why it was funny. He's like, "Of course I can. I'm an electrician." And then,
1: and then he then he takes a knife, a knife, stabs it into the ignition, turns it, and the car starts. Now, I have never stolen a car, but I'm pretty sure if I, if I took a knife and stabbed it into an, an ignition. And turned it the car would not start so I don't know if it's something about like he just knew that that model car has like a really bad like poorly designed ignition (laughs) but he started the car with a knife (laughs) I can say
0: this I can say this Um, one of my ex-girlfriends her first car was a 1987 88 uh, Lincoln Town car Mm. And oh, those things are like the ignition, boats. the ignition, did not work, so mm-hmm. she used a flathead screwdriver to start it.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. So, I mean that that's it depends on what's going on. There's an issue there, and there's a way to get in there. That's that's one thing. But it's like he went in there, and said, "Oh, like he did it. Like I know this knife is going to work. Jammed it in and turned it on. <laughs> why aren't all cars stolen if that's the case? Well, nowadays yeah. they have chips in the keys. That's why. Yeah, yeah nowadays. Whatever. But, let's know, move on.
0: But back I just in the 90s thought that was that back was in a, the '80s. Different well, story. back then
1: they had the club. Remember the auto club? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, dude. So la- this past week, um, I went to um, I went to a Dollar Tree in Manchester, New Hampshire. And as I'm walking past one of the vehicles, it's like a minivan. And they have <laughs> a white club wow. on their steering wheel. I'm just like, people wow. still use that? And I looked at I looked, up, I, looked so. I looked where I was. I'm like, it was in front of a tanning. It was either a ta- they were either at the tanning salon or Metro PCS and I'm like okay if you're at Metro PCS you can clearly see out but it's like somebody had to get tanned and they're like I hope nobody steals my my busted up rusted minivan let me use the club <laughs> At that point, I feel like people would try to steal it just because they've never seen a club before.
0: Really?
1: (laughs) Let me see this thing up close. Hey, you know what? If you jam a knife into the keyhole there, you might be able to open it right up. (laughs) Thanks, Sam Jackson. (laughs) So anyway, uh, back to where we're going here. So um, I thought the aqueduct thing was a really great place to show it. So again, this goes back to you watch a lot of action films, and you you see... Um, I think in the mid 90s, there were a lot more, um, we'll say, um, hmm, playing fields that were introduced in, in movies. You know, you see some mm-hmm. movies and it's like, oh, it's action packed, and they're all in the same general type of area. Mm -hmm. Um, I I keep thinking back to like face off, you know, it's like here, it's there, it's here, it's there. They're all over there in the church. They're in this place. They're over, you know, by the water, you know, it changes a lot. They're going all over the place. They do that again here. Then they go into the aqueduct and it's like, okay, so far he's been here, there, everywhere. It's not like they're doing everything in a plane. They're doing everything by here. It's like they are all over the city of New York, right? Right. Yeah. They go into this aqueduct. He goes down, gets into a car with tour guide, Jerry. (laughs) <laughs> tour guide jerry um this guy's the, an encyclopedia like, this guy is hilarious this so he's just going an he's like and then if you look this way you can see over here on this side this was actually built in. not what you know like he's going into so so much detail and he's like man you think like this is the coolest guy ever and, he, and he's and bruce willis you know you can tell like he could be annoyed but he's more just like huh, eh, this guy's pretty good <laughs> you know yeah. he goes hey thanks jerry sounds great um so he goes through that, and then uh, sure enough, you know, uh, he lets you know who's the 21st president. You go, oh, Chester A. Arthur. Uh, what? Chester A. Arthur. Oh, okay. Of course he would know. He's tour guy Jerry.
0: And then <laughs> gives him a rundown of Jesse A. Arthur's, like, political oh, yeah. career. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, as, as funny
1: as it is, you got you you've got this New York truck driver who's the nicest, most informative guy ever. right (laughs) I just I thought that was great it was it was again it go it kind of goes back into that whole funny bone of this movie where they just like they have these really funny things that are in there they're very simple they're subtle but you know some of them and but they're they're really funny you know just tour guide Jerry a truck driver you would not expect some you know some short little fat truck driver to be such a smart guy to have all the information you wouldn't expect a fat
0: truck driver in New York in 1995 to be so nice
1: yeah exactly like he was just very very out of the character you would normally see and it made me Way feel bad of it made it made me feel bad for Jerry okay you think about it, it's Aww. like man he must not have many friends in that field Aww. where he works because nobody Aww. wants to talk to this you know little little short walking talking encyclopedia you're like <laughs> oh poor Jerry but honestly I'm so happy that Jerry was in this film because he, he made my day <laughs> anyway moving on um <laughs> so, <laughs> so we got, we got this whole thing. <laughs> we got this thing when <laughs> we move on here and we see, um, you know, as they're leaving, they realize that McLean's, he's like, oh, he calls him on the, he's like, oh, so-and-so's dead. Yeah. And this other guy, he's dead too. And oh, whatever. And, and they're like, okay, you know what? Like, are we done toying with him? Can we just kill him? He's like, yeah, just kill him. So then they're like, oh, i got a bomb here. Blow up the aqueduct. So they kind of go James Bond villain here. Instead of just going up to him, shooting him point blank, they're like, we let's do the something. Dam. Let's, we let's, blow up, let, <laughs> let's blow up the dam and drown him. It's like, oh boy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so now, again, we go from like everything started off, you know, like, wow, this is going really well. And then it started getting cliche and corny to the point where, but, but there is one amazing, amazing visual scene here. And every time I see it, I get goosebumps because I love the way they did it. So okay. Bruce Willis is there trying to move the uh, um, that big sheet of metal that they were using as a ramp to, cut, or you know, as a as a bridge to go over that that area that's cut, that's cut off there in the, in the aqueduct, mm-hmm. so he could drive the truck over. And then he he hears a noise and he looks up and he looks down the tunnel. You don't see the water. You you barely hear the water, but all you see is darkness coming closer and closer down that tunnel would you would you not poop yourself when you see that oh i'd i'd be terrified <laughs> like you you would think like you know whatever like harry potter it. those death eaters or whatever are coming after you um this is it. you know it's, it's this like, is it. this is <laughs> like it. you see that happen and, like you don't know what it is and and he's just like you know, he and at that point, you you go, Jeff Goldblum must go faster, must go faster, must go faster. You know, it's like go 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 go. Like that's that's exactly what what's basically happening at this point. I mean, it was a very similar scene. Nothing is more I think nothing is more amazing in an action movie or anything like that. Then there's that whole sense where the person who you know who is like the main character or on you know the one of the protagonists there is recognizing we are in major danger and need to run. You know. And it's the way they did it here. Just that that shot of the lights just going out and darkness creeping up that tunnel was just so visually breathtaking. You know, I loved it. I, I you know I would I would love to make a movie and do something similar one day just because of how much I loved it. I'd love to put yeah. that in something. It was just it was so yeah. it was so good. Um, whatever. So thought that was cool. But then <laughs> then we start getting to the corniness. Of this whole thing, where he See, he's riding the truck and backwards, I say I, I say corniness, I say convenience, I say whatever. But I, again, it, it goes back it, to, it goes back to cliche ridiculousness. He he jumps on the top of the truck, climbs up no, a grate, jumps, and then gets shot on the of- shot out of shot out of a geyser. He gets shot up like a rocket. And flies up to the surface and out onto
0: the street. like Where, where Samuel L. Jackson is just conveniently <laughs> just driving by. Driving past. <laughs> and
1: he goes, oh man, do you really know how to get someone's attention? Like, uh, come on. I, it was I just actually, so ridiculous. I actually loved it.
0: Oh, I, I loved, loved the, it too,
1: but I'm not I what I'm the saying entire it was sequence. so the cliche. The fact that he's, it, driving,
0: he's driving the truck at first and then he <laughs> realizes, I don't think I have to drive anymore. The truck is just going with the with the pressure of the water. And then he just gets up. <laughs> 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 but, oh my but it's just, God.
1: When, he, when you see him, that little close-up shot of him shooting up the tube, and then you just see his body go, get thrown into the air, like a rag doll, you're like... What am I watching now? Like no, I, I felt no, like we just got, no. we just
0: went into a Buster Keaton film for a second. Okay, so like, th- that, that's what that was not a rag doll. That was a stunt double. A well, rag why not? Doll, I'm saying <laughs> a rag doll is in Die Hard 2 when the scaffold and the building falls down <laughs> on top of the guy and he just kind of folds up in half. That's a rag doll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. All right. I I'll give you that, but I just oh, I just God. thought it was funny. Like it was just I very. Thought- it was very, very different than what you'd expect after watching the got, whole it, first three got, quarters of this film. I
0: I agree with you. It does start to get a little ridiculous, but ridiculous in a good way. It was it was amazing. I love that scene. I still love that scene to this day.
1: Whatever that that scene is, just I'm never gonna get it out of my head. It's just so funny <laughs> to me. All right. So then, one big thing. You know, we get there, and where are the trucks? Oh, they're on this big ship. Oh, there they go. So here is where the movie goes to a point where it's like, wait a second. You were so smart throughout the entire beginning of this movie, this whole situation. You were so smart. And then you get to this scene where it's like, I need to go on this truck. Now it's funny because you already saw Samuel L. Jackson just before this basically stand up and say, no, I'm going to do this. And John's like, are you sure? He's like, no, I got this. And he, and he does things. And you're like, Oh, like, he's really, like, Samuel Jackson's really stepping up here. Zeus is really stepping it up. I keep saying Samuel Samuel L. Jackson is such a long... There's so many syllables there. Why do I keep saying that and not just say Zeus? Nice and easy. Well, so anyway, I Zeus... Because
0: he's, he, he's Samuel L. Jackson. Because he's
1: Samuel L. Jackson, I know. Exactly. That's it. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> like, it's like, you can't just sit there and talk about Shawshank Redemption and just say Red. You have to be like, it's Morgan Friedman. <laughs> and Dufresne. do <laughs> you know? Everything he's in. Andy Dufresne crawled through thirteen miles of. <laughs> anyway, so continuing on. <laughs> <laughs> I am God, the Alpha, the Omega. <laughs> anyway, oh <God>. so. <laughs> oh my <boy>. God. <laughs> okay, keep uh, going. Keep going. Oh man! Hey, we can get to a point where we start bringing in impressions. I mean, if I could do Morgan Freeman, I'd I'd be so happy. But all I can do right now is Hank Hill. It's like, dang it, Peggy, that boy ain't right. <laughs> anyway, so, oh Bobby, um, on, on to the ship. <laughs> so, onto the ship. Onto the ship. Onto the ship. I love,
0: I love, I, <laughs> I love Samuel Jackson. He's looking over the bridge and he's like. I can make it. And he's so serious. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Like, he gets to this
1: point where he's just like, suddenly he's like Mr. Action Hero, you know? And I thought it was great because he did it the scene before. He's like, I got this. I got this. And now he's like, I can make it. he's, He's like, no, you can't. So Bruce Willis is finally the one. Bruce Willis is now finally saying, what are you, dumb? No, you can't make that jump. And he goes, well, I can make it to the crane. Okay, well, that makes some sense. But then they do, which what I thought was like, really out of character for both of them, which is, let's hang the cable from the winch on the, on a pickup truck over to this ship and slowly crawl our ways across the cable. How long did they think that winch cable was? They were dilly-dallying while they're going across. It's a bit ridiculous when the truck is dropped, all right? Because it's like, well, duh, <laughs> they look like, hurry up, it's happening. Yeah, no kidding it's happening. You guys should have <laughs> you guys should have basically as soon as the thing was attached, grabbed a belt and slid your butts down there as soon as you could while you still had some kind of a downward you know vertical drop. now really? you're going you're going straight across you're you're going like at this very horizontal you know thing so you're not you're not having gravity help you out at all. you like it should have been like it's connected, jump. You know, because at that point, you still would have had a gradual, um, you know, kind of bow in your fall because you'd be connected to the, the cable. But no, they waited, took their sweet time, and <laughs> you know, and and just like, oh, here comes a truck and they're like, oh no, the truck's coming. Yeah, did you expect <laughs> it to not come? <laughs> did you think it was just gonna keep on going forever? No. It was a really dumb idea. I know it had to happen where it's like, oh if they were like aloof and doing things, you know, without paying attention, then okay, I guess that makes sense for a comedy action film. But that's not what was supposed to happen here. It was a very dumb choice on both of their ends because they could have done anything else to make it better. So then they have this scene where the, co- the, the guard sees them. And as soon as the guard sees them, the truck falls down and the cable just like basically shoots them down. He gets yanked down and the guard just gets n- taken out and he goes <laughs> flying like a pinball in a pinball machine. <laughs> Which, yes, was funny, but let's go back to what's believable with these two guys. These guys oh would have been down God. for the countdown. After after being flung the way they were flung, oh, and you're then la- out. landing on their face—that's it. Landing landing on their faces on top of a of a big like steel storage container. Okay,
0: <laughs> this is this is this is see this is this is the part of the movie where I agree with you. It's commando level unbelievable.
1: Oh, I know it's completely ridiculous.
0: <laughs> <sighs> it's just ridiculous. You're you're, you're right. I can't... I, I really don't have anything to say about that.
1: So I um, watch this whole movie, and I'm just like, you know what? There's a couple of parts I go, okay, that's interesting. They could have done this. But then I watch this, and I go, this is a part that I really just don't understand why they did that. <laughs> I get it. Well, it's I mean, funny, but it did not fit with the rest of the film. They were so much smarter before. Why were they so dumb in this situation?
0: I think... I think it makes sense, because we've already we we've already kind of talked about how this is going against the grain of the way that you approach an action film. Having yeah. them get out their belts and slide down is cliche. That's what every other action film would have done. So I do like that they were thinking outside of the box.
1: That was not outside I, of the box. Going horizontally, it, and then, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I, I see what you're saying there, but I don't no, see no, how that was it's, some it's, kind it's, of grand
0: idea. It's It's stupid. I didn't say that it was <laughs> yeah. smart. It's it's the dumbest idea that these two have come up with. But for a, the direction that this film took, I do kind of like it. Because if they did just pull out their belts and slide down, I would have been like, oh, come on, now you're getting cliche and I don't like that. It would have been something yeah. else to complain about. I, I agree with you it's the dumbest thing that they did. <laughs> but... It was just... Okay. <laughs> and how... And, and you're absolutely right. Once they free fall, <laughs> just splat, <laughs> that's it. That's... Movie's <laughs> over. You're down. You're not getting back up from this. And the yeah. fa- The one thing I have is, okay, they they fall down and they face plan onto one of these metal containers. Why... How? What cuts, John? What maybe like, the cable? What? what <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. A cable. A cable. Like split his shoulder open. Really? Uh, uh, where does he get this uh, wound from? Uh, it's just one of the. Uh. And how is uh, how is Zeus in better shape? Yeah, I don't know. I mean they both hit that container pretty hard. I mean I, yeah. I could argue that Zeus hit it a lot harder than John and <laughs> yes Zeus he did. Seems, Zeus seems like he's, you know, not that bad off. John is just a bloodied mess and worse off than he was before. I, okay. All right.
1: Yeah. This is uh, what's I, happening
0: I, now. This is this is the direction that we're going. Okay, sure. I'm on board. Yep. Let's keep going. Again,
1: that's it comes down to like the end you just go, "Oh man, they just kind of they kinda gave up here and just said, Action movie. Oh, action movie. Got it. All right, let's just do action movie now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Where's Michael Bay? Michael Bay, you want this? No? Okay. Wow. Hey, guys, let's okay. let's just play let's just play Michael Bay here. All right.
0: <laughs> okay. I mean that's, there were less explosions.
1: Oh no, wait a second. No, there were big explosions. The whole thing was about that's bombs. Hard. Got it. That's that's that's
0: rough. That's <laughs> oh, rough. That's rough. So, that's mean.
1: All right. So Oof. We get to you know they're going around, okay, and you and you see this, and they're on a the boat, and you're like, okay, I think we might be at the climactic ending of this movie now. We're finally at like the final showdown, like playing field, and mm-hmm. Zeus goes up and finds Jeremy Irons, man, I guess, Simon and his whole you know crew up there and the on the deck, you know, um, ready to you know take the boat out, and then he pulls out the gun. Simon turns around, just like doesn't even break a sweat. And you see his whole crew around him like, do you need us to like step in here, boss? And he just talks like, you know, eating his apple like it's nothing because he recognized immediately right off the bat the safety was on. Yeah. Cliche. Safety being on a gun is very cliche, but it was very well done in the way that they showed the rest of his crew like afraid for a second Mm it was really well done and you're like is this guy bluffing does he know something but the fact that he was the only one who could tell the safety was still on you know they actually they took the cliche and didn't make me hate it you know they he made it they made it all right
0: they made me hate it only because all three of them are ex military uh huh all three of the people who are in the ship right now, who are st- who are staring at Samuel L. Jackson with a gun pointed at him, all three of them are extremely... "How come all three of them don't notice that the the safety isn't on?" The, the safety the is so, on
1: the side of the gun because they're yeah. on the left side of him, and Jeremy and and uh, Simon is is dead center,
0: uh, so he can
1: see it. They can't. Uh, okay. He's a lot closer than they are. You know. All so right, I mean, fine. as far as fine. visually. Yeah, that's kind of where I was. Like, he has a much better view of what's happening right in front of him.
0: Fine, okay. No, he sits there
1: and trigger, 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 nothing, and he takes the gun, just shoots him in the foot, like, or shoots him in the leg. And it was just, it was very well executed. You look at this bad guy who, like, there's so many moments where you're like, oh, we got him, and it's like, no, no, I mean, like, for a second there, he was actually kind of scared, like, oh, they actually caught me. But then, when he turned around and saw the safety was on, no more fear for for him. You know, Simon had no more fear once he saw that the safety was on. Okay, moving mm. on. Should have been a leg. I can go from here. All right, we're good. You know? So it's funny because I wrote it again. I, like, I haven't watched this movie in a while. So the last time I watched it, I was like, oh, he, st- he stole all the gold to blow it up. And then I'm like, no, no, he didn't. So I just said, there's lots of backs and forths on his motives here. Like, we keep seeing, like, oh, here's the whole point. And he's, like, it's, he's standing up against, like, you know, you know, countries being so rich and, you know, this and that. And it's like, okay. You know, trying to make it seem like he's a, a bad guy that you can kind of understand why he's doing it. I mean, mm-hmm. then you get, he's not killing people, whatever. It's this and that. He's like, oh, I never put a bomb in a school. I'm not a monster. Okay, yeah, I get that. Okay, this, that, whatever. But... You know, all in all, you find out he, he wanted the money. Okay, well, then, duh. So they, they really tried to add so many other levels of of who he was as a person, you know, to kind of explain his motive. However, um, you know, again, they went back and forth and back and forth on on what his motive actually was. You know, they, they tried to misdirect so many times. So it goes back to, you know, had- the whole...
0: What? I think he had many motivations. I don't think it was just one. Oh yeah, of course. Yes. I think it was his the brother. money and at the same time I absolutely think that oh. I can yeah. get gold and I can take out my brother's killer in one swift blow, done. Right. Let's go do it. Right. That's right. that's that's exactly what I believe. It wasn't just one or the other.
1: No, 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 no. Definitely not. But Still, it was like the whole, like, am I doing this to prove a point, or am I doing this to get the money? So, there was back and forth on what his motive was, there was back and forth on what was really happening. Um, it, it's so funny that we chose this film, because I I wouldn't have chose it to have a conversation about, but the more and more I think, I'm like, man, you know what, it, it's just so well-rounded, you know, the way they have everything here. So now we're going to get to a very important point that I wanted to talk about that um, was actually new to me until this past week. Thank you. Um, You're welcome. So we we get to the end of this movie. So basically, he asks him, as they, as he hooks him up to a bomb, um, I didn't even take any notes on this, I just wanted to talk about it. So he, he <laughs> hooks him up to a bomb and he asks him for some aspirin, which is like the entire reason for the ending. He asks him for aspirin. <laughs> And he gets it and whatever on the bottom of it, he gets, he gets a place where he's going to be basically where right. he's been staying. And that, and that's, you know, like, okay, good. He did that. And he, you know, it's like, oh yeah, I got this bottle says he'll be here shows up there. They have this whole helicopter thing going on. And then he shoots a wire, which is going to, you know, basically take down the helicopter. He tells little Miss Blondie to go fly away. They crash into a pole and kaboom, you know, and that's and that's the end of the movie.
0: It feels anticlimactic. Then the ending of this movie before 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 we get to it, before we get to it, the ending of this movie is anticlimactic. Bleh, bleh, bleh. The ending of this movie is anticlimactic to me. They didn't up. do enough to set this up. It was just like, oh, bottle of an aspirin bottle? Cool. I know where they are. Let's go get them. Yeah. For what? Why first of all why is Samuel L. Jackson even going with them? He should be in a hospital somewhere but he's going along for this joyride?
1: Because at this point he's like he's all psyched up and he recognized he developed a pretty good relationship with his, with his new buddy there John. So I just feel like he, he he's so upset that he got shot. He's like I'm going along for the ride. I'm going to take this guy down too. You know like from all the stuff that he he put him through, he's he wants revenge personally as well. So I think that's why he kind of stuck around. I guess, but, but anyway, I guess I'll it, give it it's, to you. Yeah, it definitely anticlimactic the way it kind of went. And it's like, hmm. So you introduced me to the deleted scene. So in the deleted scene, basically, you know, I, I feel like this deleted scene was actually shot like after this movie was made. Like I feel, I almost feel like they did this like a couple years after, just because of the way things, the things seem, things look. Mm. It, om- it almost seems as though they said you know what we don't like the way we ended that hey you guys want to come back and reshoot something how about we do this let's just make this new ending and have it as an alternate See, I'm version
0: of, I'm of I'm of the opposite position I actually think they filmed the ending first I think they filmed the alternate ending first I think this is where they wanted to end up but somewhere on the line oh. they decided to go a completely different direction I don't know that this is just mm. a theory that I have um, because the alternate ending makes a little bit more sense Oh, it makes more sense. It makes more sense for a mul- multiple different reasons, but the, the main reason why the alternate ending makes sense to me is because Jeremy Irons, Simon does not play a dumb character that would throw a bottle of aspirin with his location on it to John.
1: Uh, this movie but they This did movie, it in the alternate this, ending,
0: too. So, this, okay. this movie, that, do they?
1: Yeah, that's how he found really? him. Oh! regardless of which way we go, he found him because of the aspirin bottle.
0: Okay, fine. He finds him because of the aspirin bottle. I'm sorry. This movie does Hmm. set up that Simon's going to get away with this to me. Yeah. I go through this entire movie believing, absolutely believing that Simon is going to get away with this heist. There's no way they're going to catch him. I don't mm-hmm. I just don't believe that they will. And for it to end this way and they go where do they end up Quebec? Like
1: <sighs> Nova Scotia?
0: <laughs> no, there you go. Nova Scotia. There you go. Thank you. Nova Scotia. <laughs> Nova yeah. Scotia.
1: Nova Scotia. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I look at it and I say, all right, so I watched it I watched it last week after we talked Iron Man and then I watched it again after watch after rewatching Die Hard with a vengeance. And you know what? The, one, the first thing that made me think this, you know, like I was saying, I felt like it was done afterwards. Maybe it's just because of the way I look at Bruce Willis. So Bruce Willis has had a few different characters that he's played in his movies. And when I say that, I, I say it more, the way that he carries himself in different movies is different. You know, he carried himself in 12 Monkeys in a different way. and But, mm. it, but it, it all still, like, it's all still Bruce Willis. You know, he... he He's not somebody who, I mean, I'm not saying anything bad if, uh, about him as an actor, but you watch the movie and you're like, okay, that's that's Bruce Willis. You know, you don't look, you, he's not Gary Oldman. No, you know, he's, he's not he's, Gary Oldman. He's, he's not like, you know, some little British guy and then like some New York cop and then, you know, some dreaded up, you know... You know, white boy want to be you know gangsta, and that <laughs> he isn't true romance. He must have thought it was white boy day. You know, like it, he's not—he's not Gary Oldman, right? But at in this alternate ending, he catches up with them. You know, meets up with them in, in whatever restaurant he's hanging out, in at whatever country there, and he's new Bruce Willis. Do you understand what I'm getting when I say new Bruce Willis?
0: When you say new Bruce Willis, when any when anybody says new Bruce Willis to me, because to me there are only two 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 faces of Bruce Willis. There's okay. Bruce Willis from the Die Hard era and going back into the 90s and the 80s. Mm-hmm. And then there's Bruce Willis from 2000 on where everything I see him in, I feel like he's phoning it in. He's not even trying anymore.
1: Okay, so Bruce Willis has these two different characters. One is like crazy, foul-mouthed, I mean, he's, he's always foul-mouthed, but, like, crazy, like, crazy eyes, you know? And then you see the others, Bruce Willis where he's squinty-eyed and very calm, cool, and collected. So the new, new Bruce Willis is, is squinty-eyed, calm, cool, and collected. So when you see this alternate ending, it's very different than John McClane in the other three movies. You know, I mean, this mo- in, in the, the movie and the other two before it, he's not wild-eyed, you know, John McClane. He's squinty-eyed... Calm, cool, and collected, Bruce Willis.
0: Okay, when so, you go to the when you go to the original Die Hard movie, though, he's mm-hmm. pretty calm, cool, and collected before things start to pop off.
1: I, I guess so, but he was you, he you was still see, young. You do he see was a still little still bit young, of that character, yeah.
0: and especially especially, and I don't know if you have you ever seen Mercury Rising? Oh yeah, he yeah. plays he plays the timid cop throughout that entire movie.
1: Yeah. Okay. That's why I say that. That, that, that's Mercury why I, Rising. Say, I was mean, it was that the, was that the little kid the little, um, little
0: autistic the little autistic boy
1: yeah the one from yeah. uh West Craven's New Nightmare among other things
0: yeah I would have to rewatch watch Bra- little I brown think haired kid so. yes, he was in kindergarten yes.
1: cop West Craven's New Nightmare he was in Mm-mm. like full house
0: kindergarten cop I know him from kindergarten cop
1: <laughs> yeah he was the uh Boys have penises and girls have vagina, kid. Yep, <laughs> yep. <laughs> that kid's awesome. Um, yep. Actually, yeah. Anyway, no, so yeah, was all that stuff. But anyway, yeah. I, I just I, I thought that it was interesting to see after all these movies that he goes back into that style, of Bruce Willis. You know that style. I mean John McClane. He was touching upon it, where he was going to calm, cool, and collected, squinty-eyed, like. I'm really I'm really tough and I have it all together. You could chalk that up to, hey, he's not hungover right now. <laughs> so he's on his A-game. Um,
0: maybe this is just him as a regular cop.
1: Yeah, maybe it is. Because Ma- maybe we, it I is. Mean,
0: maybe it is. Maybe it's just him as a regular cop and he figures everything out and he just goes to arrest him. And, and whatever yeah. happens after that happens after that. But... We never really see John McClane, or we never really see Bruce Willis, especially back in the '90s. Mm. We don't see him out of that action, you know, in action movie hell era. Right. We don't get to right. see really anything right. else. We don't see any other side of of Bruce Willis. So yeah, I get what so you're I, saying.
1: So I th- no, I, I think I think it's it's nice to see this because at this point he's fi- he finally has the one up. Like, actually, he has, like, the 10-up on Simon at this point, you know? So he shows up, and he's just like, yeah, <laughs> I got this. Like, why would he need to be frantic-looking? So, mm-hmm. and then it's like, you know, he basically is like, you know, what do you forget? What do you forget, Simon? What do you forget? And he goes ahead, pull the trigger, pull the trigger. You know, he, and he goes through this whole thing, and it's 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 actually, you know, I've I've seen alternate endings, you know, for other movies, and I usually go, eh, I like the one I'm comfortable with. But after watching this one, I'm kind of like, ooh. I really wish they went this route instead. <laughs> you so know, do I. it's definitely a different ending because it's they go all like you know Han Solo and Greedo, you know, on him sitting at a table, and then the guy gets shot. But you know, yeah. in the end, he's got this whole riddle: what do you forget? What do he forget? Huh. A flak jacket, because <laughs> oh, well, that makes sense. He's wearing a flak jacket. It's like a dad joke, you know, the way he answered: what do you forget? He forgot to be protected by a, a Chinese rocket. <laughs> so. Um, I honestly, it was very different. So when I first saw, um, live free or die hard, I was very hesitant to want to see it because I was like, I hope he brings black back like John McClane attitude, you know? And he did. I was very impressed to see Bruce Willis kind of channel back into John McClane, which is wild eyed, crazy running around doing what he's got to do.
0: You know, I think this is where Bruce Willis is happiest. I think he's happiest oh. playing these kind of roles.
1: I think so too. I mean, you. I, I keep thinking like Lucky Number Eleven. He's just some like, you know, hitman. I actually
0: know? liked him in Lucky Number Eleven. Oh no,
1: he was great in it. But my point is, that's that character. That's that calm, right. cool, collected, quiet, quiet, squinty, squinty-eyed guy. You know, that's mm. who Bruce Willis is, and like everything else. But in Die Hard, I feel like Die Hard is like the. It's it's the center of what Bruce Willis did. You know, if Bruce Willis ever hears this, hey, I'm sorry, but, you know, this role was meant for you. I think between this and the only other thing I can really compare and say is similar to this is the fifth element. Call mm. it goofy, call it whatever you want, but that movie is so great. <laughs> yeah, People, it, I mean, it's it's technically filed under cult classic. Um, it, as far as sci-fi movies go... It's got a lot of a lot of really cool parts that you know bring everybody in, and I think it's it's fantastic. Definitely a comedy movie, you know. Mm. <laughs> sir, are you, are you classified as human? No, I'm a meat popsicle. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so <laughs> you know, and that and that brings back the same exact humor that when he's sitting in the van with all the FBI guys, he goes, "I got this strange itching between my toes. I'm not sure if it's athlete's foot or what." You know, it's. Just like, stop asking me stupid questions and get to your point. You know that's that's the Bruce Willis that I want to see in a movie. You know, right. he he's good when he when he's calm, cool, collected, doing his thing, and it's like, hey, that's who I am. Like the Sixth Sense, where he's basically just walking around squinty eyed the entire movie. You know, yeah. it, 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 good movie. He's a great actor. I mean, same with Unbreakable. You know, that's how he is the entire time, squinty eyed, kind kind of quiet and just. You know, he never really breaks out into this like you know crazy eyed John McClain because John McLean is John McClain. Bruce Willis is not John McClain. he's Bruce Willis.
0: So, mm, well, <laughs> I kind of see a little bit of John McClain in almost everything that he plays, though.
1: Okay, well, yeah, I'm. I'm um, but I'm, I, I think I'm, I think you're confusing John McClain with his real name, which is Bruce Willis. Well, you you need to bring a little bit of I'm yourself not, in there. Right? John McLean wouldn't be I'm, John McLean without.
0: I'm Bruce not Willis. I'm not confusing it. I see a little bit of the John McClane character in almost everything that Bruce Willis does. I can't okay. separate the two. I don't know why. Maybe it's because Die Hard with a Vengeance is my introduction to not only the Die Hard series, but I wanted to go out and see other Bruce Willis movies after I watched this. Mm. So maybe it's a thing with me. I can't separate the two. To me, Bruce Willis is John McClane. John McClane is Bruce Willis. And... It doesn't matter what, to me, it doesn't matter what I see him in. There's a little piece of that character in almost everything else that he does. Yeah. And I think I'm always going to feel that way. I haven't seen mm-hmm. anything else that really takes a step back. I mean, even mm. even Pulp Viction, when he has that amazing... um. Amazing scene where he's in the pawn shop and he's going through all the different kind of weapons. I got <laughs> a, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I got an, ama- and then when it and when his eyes just set on the machete, it's like okay, this is. I'm, I'm sorry, the katana. I'm, the this katana. Is, yeah. <laughs> this is this is a die hard moment. Like it, you know.
1: <laughs> so. Oh. oh boy. Wow. If we ever did pulp fiction, we'd need like 5 hours.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's too much. There's there's a lot going on in that movie. I don't think we're
1: ever going to do pulp fiction. <laughs> no. I think pulp Maybe. fiction I think pulp fiction commentaries itself. <laughs> yeah. I of, <laughs> I, I, I feel like it's th- that that mo- like anything r- really anything from Tarantino is its is its own commentary in itself. <laughs> so do I. Because the dialogue so is the way it is and it it, it knows exactly what it is. So, mm. well, I mean, that's pretty much all I got for this, from this movie. I mean, rewatching it was definitely a real treat. Um, to, it was take, a treat. to take the time to sit down and watch it and be like, all right, you know, let, let me see what I can get out of it. Like, I know I enjoyed it, but to watch it again and, and really be looking, it was just like, wow, you know what, this, this really does, um, Carry what I would appreciate watching in an action film. You know, it's not just like shoot them up, shoot them up, shoot them up all the time. There's actually mm. like there's the detective work. There's the hurry up, let's get over here. You know, very like twenty four sound uh, seeming. You know, getting it, they had so many different elements in this film in so many different locations um, that it was just it was really nice to see. I mean, it, it's funny because for some reason I, I, I compare this movie. Uh, to speed, in a way. Oh, wow. Okay. Just, j- But, you know, obviously speed has three locations. There's the elevator, right. there's the bus, and then there's the, train. the the train. You know? This movie does not have just three locations. There are multiple locations. It's awesome. And, and that's, so when I say I compare it, it's basically in comparison with another action film that I can think of where it has, like, you know, these three different places where there's a showdown with the with the bad guy, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I like to see how they did this, you know, and mainly because the bad guy is not somebody he sees throughout the whole movie. It's somebody he speaks to on the phone. Right. You know, the bad guy's pulling the strings, the little puppet master, and there's a couple of times they meet in person, and then, you know, the last time is obviously the end. So... You know, no, i that's, that's I actually
0: really, that's actually a pretty cool and accurate comparison. I never really thought about it that way.
1: Right. Yeah. Oh. That's that's how I've always kind of looked at it. Um, I, I think I compared I compared it to that like earlier when I was thinking about uh, the action films. But um, oh no, that was because of Animaniacs. <laughs> 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 yeah, Animaniacs. I love it. Oh my god. <laughs> but. No, I'm I'm glad that we chose this this movie. Um, it's funny that I'm the one who chose it, um, but I, I wanted to go a little bit further back. You know, we we talked we talked Iron Man two, which was kind of old. That was what 2010. Um, we talked about Last Jedi, which is only a couple years ago. What 2017. So, mm. um, to go a little bit further to go, you know, much further back into 90, 1995. Um, I think it was a really good way to kind of go. So if uh you know, it, 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 we're really opening up the doors to so many things that we just want to talk about movies and we're not going to limit ourselves to no,
0: you know, something new,
1: something like super old all the time, you know, only cult classics, only that. Like we're going to, I think that um, this is something that we're going to do and we're going to make efforts to make, make sure that we're, we're not being selective, you know, based on like, oh, you know, here's this genre. This is what this is what's gonna please this crowd of people. Honestly, mm. if if people are listening to us and they don't like what we're talking about, hey, feel free, switch off, move on, you no, know, absolutely. live your day. But you know, one thing that makes us do what we're doing right now is passion. We're passionate about movies. We're passionate about the movies that we care about, even if it's a movie we don't like, like Terminator Three. Um, anything else that might, <sighs> <laughs> might come up? Oh no, it's your turn to choose. Is isn't it? No, no. Yes, it is. No,
0: no. You're gonna be, you're gonna be pleasantly surprised <laughs> with my choice because I've already picked it. <laughs> oh goody! I you're guess gonna we'll be pleasant- talk more no, about but, that. No, but and um, I'm actually really glad that you chose this movie too because it gave you the opportunity to just rip on a film the way that I know that you kind of wanted to. Mm. And I'm happy for you, man. I'm, I'm glad that you enjoyed this film as much as you did. I'm surprised. I'm. Um, you and I have been talking about films for years and I never imagined that you would like an action film like this as much as you did. So oh, um, yeah. I'm pleasantly surprised <laughs> in that it was, and it was, it was a. It, honestly watching the movie was a treat listening to you rave about it the way that you did was a treat. And it, this is great. This is, yeah. this is great, man. I this love is this. why we do this. This is, cool. this is why we're here. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> is there anything else you want to say?
1: No, I think I'm pretty good.
0: You're pretty good. pretty good. I think I'm yeah.
1: done. I'm yeah. So, I mean, I mean, thanks to everybody who listened to us right now. If you if you stuck around this long to actually hear what we're having to say, then you know, thank you so much. Um, we're hoping to do more. We're hoping to keep going with this. Um, you know, show us some love. You know, if you if yeah. you want to hear us talk about something, bring up some movies. You know, and we can talk about
0: absolutely. Uh,
1: absolutely. We definitely want to make sure that this is open, so people who who are listening can can kind of have their their points get them out there and say hey what do you think about this because i thought this you know and we're totally open to to getting some feedback because yeah. you know all we're, we're very passionate about what we do what we talk about uh just so people ho- understand the background here will and i have been doing this for oh. ever <laughs> how long have we known each other uh since what 95 <laughs> actually probably we, 90 93 94 yeah so we've known each other since, this, each other w- since well this movie 20 came years.
0: out well yeah. over 20 years.
1: <laughs> yeah. So we've known so, each other for about 25 years. And one big thing that always brought us together was talking about movies. We talk about music too. So, I mean, not something we're going to be doing here so much. But um, that's that's a big thing about about us is we're very um, excited about the entertainment that's out there. Maybe not the yeah. things that come out today. I mean, th- I think right now there's not much music that's coming out that we're both excited about. Um, except for Greta Van Fleet, because I mean that's been out for a while now. They have, but very, very old school Zeppelin. Just makes me happy to hear people kind of bringing it back. You know, going back to the roots. But I'm trailing it off. Makes me happy. So. It makes me happy to hear
0: something <laughs> that isn't overly produced. Right. Right. That. That's that's the big thing. But yeah. So I chose our next movie, and I chose this a couple of days ago, and um, you actually kind of hinted towards it in your review a little <laughs> bit. Okay. And I'm shocked that you actually brought it up. I didn't think mm. that you were going to go that way. we mm-hmm. <laughs> We're doing Rocky 2. Ooh. Rocky 2. We're going to do Rocky 2. I'm looking
1: forward to the shelf.
0: Up oh, there it is right there. <laughs> Got it. I um I picked Rocky 2 because I I didn't want to pick Rocky 1 because mm. it's not it's not a boxing movie.
1: No, no, but Rocky Two is basically Rocky One, part two. So I'm surprised you chose that, ok. I All right. chose
0: I chose Rocky Two because it's a boxing film because it's mm-hmm. more of the hero's journey, not hero's yeah. journey, but it's more of the the triumphant underdog tale. Right, right. That's a little bit, it's a little bit faster paced. I feel like if Mm -hmm. we did Rocky 1, we would just be talking about how slow this movie is going and we would spend too much time on the background of Rocky and Adrian. And I don't really want to do that right now. I wanted to get right into it. Right. Like that's, if we're going to do, if if we're going to do a Rocky film, let's just get right into it and talk about Rocky and talk about the history and Mm. why that film is so relevant and why it's a classic and it's not because of the first Rocky movie it's because of the second one.
1: Oh yeah oh yeah cool so yeah all right well so i mean thanks everybody for for tuning in uh for listening to us talk again if you guys if you have some suggestions some ideas things you want to hear us talk about and just rip apart or gush over <laughs> or whatever send them our way um no, our email is uh, blackandwhitecommentaries at gmail dot com, so you can send stuff over there. Um, we'll probably uh, set up some other social media stuff so people can find us that way. Um, I guess I'll be heading that up because this guy is petrified of social media. I'm so not petrified <laughs> of social media, I just I don't like it. Yeah, not my thing. Mm. Yeah, you're
0: definitely going to be yeah. in charge of that. <laughs>
1: uh, so actually. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely out you know. <laughs> you, hey I got a joke then what's, what's a hipster's favorite color I'm sure you're gonna tell us yeah oh oh don't don't worry about it it's, it's probably something you've never heard of wow
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh I, I have a feeling like this entire thing is just gonna degrade into two you know, not old guys, but older guys just making fun of millennials. And
1: Hey, hey man, I mean, ac- according according to the specifics of what they're saying a millennial, millennial is, I guess I fall under it. But then again, there's the Xennials, which is somewhere between the Generation Xers and the Millennials. And that's technically yeah. where I fall under.
0: We uh, but are then again, Gen Xers.
1: Uh, maybe you are. I mean, you got a couple of years mm-hmm. on me. But, Our I mean, mentality in re- in re- in re- is that we're, we're, of a Gen Xer. Yes, however, we were, you know, we were still young when the internet was like taken over. So we we kind of get the best of both worlds. We get th- we get that whole like opportunity to pretend we're entitled to everything, but we also have the whole like work hard for your, you know, for what you do. And which I is don't that was <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. feel entitled for anything. Yeah, I don't feel
0: entitled for anything.
1: All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. We're gonna um, we're gonna sign off tonight and uh yeah seriously just let's uh let's get this rolling black and white commentaries for the win win. (laughs) all right good night